Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. After Jesus had fed the 5,000, his disciples saw him walking on the water. Next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side saw that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that the disciples had set off by themselves. Other boats, however, had put in from Tiberias, near the place where the bread had been eaten. When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into those boats and crossed the Capernaum to look for Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, you're not looking for me because you had seen the signs, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. Do not work for food that cannot last, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him, the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? Jesus gave them this answer. This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. The Gospel of the Lord. Our blessed Lord had fed the multitude. They saw the miracle, the five loaves. He had 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And there were scraps left over. And immediately they said, this is a prophet. And they wanted to come and to make him king. To which the Lord's response was to tell the disciples to go across the lake. And he himself disappeared into the hills by himself. As we heard, after Jesus had fed the 5,000, the disciples saw him walking on the water. So... The disciples have this evening, don't forget, they are crossing the lake, so it's night, it's dark. The Lord is in the hills, and a storm breaks out. And so the disciples, who are fishermen, are very much awake, as any, all of us would be, in the boats of that time, in the middle of a lake, in a storm. And they're trying to keep the boat afloat. And the Lord walks. He's walking past on the water. And they cry out. And his words are, Do not be afraid. It is I. John, St. John doesn't tell us this. But if we go to Mark's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, let me come to you. And our Lord says, Come. And Peter gets out and he walks. He's walking on the water, in the dark, in a storm. And we're told 
as he approached the Lord, he felt the force of the wind. And he saw the waves. And he became afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And our Lord reaches and grabs him by the hand and said, Man of little faith, why did you doubt? So he wasn't very far when he began to doubt. He was just an arm's reach from the Lord. We're told the Lord got into the boat and immediately they found themselves on the shore. So it's the next day. So this happens in the early, perhaps in the early hours of the morning. The next day, the crowds, um, they stayed on because they were hoping that Jesus would come back. And when they, and we're told by St. John, the next day the crowd had stayed on the other side saw that only one boat had been there. And that was the boat the disciples had left in. And in it, the disciples had set off by themselves. Other boats, however, had put in from Tiberias near the place where the bread was eaten. So these other boats have come, arrived there, and the crowds, the people got into those boats, and they crossed over to the other side. And when they found him, the question they put to him is a rather strange one. They say, Rabbi, when did you come here? Well, it was the previous day they had seen him, the previous evening. It Perhaps by now it is mid-morning. And they ask, when? The question, the natural question will be, how? But they seem to want to avoid that question because they knew there was no other boat. So how would it be the natural question to ask? And we now, go, if we backtrack, we'll ask the question, why did our Lord perform that miracle? The walking on the water, was it necessary? Well, everything he does is, of course, necessary. And that's why we need to ponder what he does. Because if it is necessary, there must be a teaching, there must be a message for us. There must be an instruction on how we are to relate to him. So then, one of the things we can ponder on and see is that he had worked the miracle of the loaves, and in this he was showing that, the, as he will say later on, the Father had placed his seal, his mark on him. That was the first thing. He was showing that he could feed the people, even though at the moment it was bread from heaven, and that this miracle was of the same kind as what Moses had done. And since the Jews could not dispute the fact that God was with Moses, the logic is that, our Lord, that God was also with our Lord. The second thing is, our Lord needed to strengthen the faith of the apostles. And for that reason, he sent them to the other side. So, because he knew, of course, that there would be a storm and that he would do what was necessary. So, he wanted to strengthen the faith of the apostles in himself. And at the end of this sequel, we'll hear that. He will say to them, will you also go away? Will you also lose faith in me? And Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? So the miracle then is to strengthen the faith of the apostles. Thirdly, he walks 
on the water. And the disciples are alarmed. But Peter is not alarmed. When our Lord says, it is I, what does Peter say? Lord, if it is you, let me come to you. He didn't say, let me walk in the water. He says, let me come to you. And this is what, in fact, our Lord wants all of us to say. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to be with him. Come, said the Lord, come. If we advance, we, we know on the, on the resurrection scene, um, when our Lord is on the shore and the disciples, the seven disciples are brought fishing, when they catch, make the catch of fish, John says, it is the Lord. What does P Peter do? He jumps into water straight away. He wants to be with the Lord. And this is a demonstration of his great personal love for the Lord. And this is, in fact, what we also um, should, should have, should desire, that we want to be with the Lord. And so Peter's jumping into the water and, and then going to the Lord on, on, on the shore to find the, the um, fish cooking on the, on, the, on, the, on the rocks. You know, shows the intense love, the personal love he had for Jesus. And so our Lord also wants us to be like that. Our Lord gets into the boat and immediately it's on shore. So when he is with us, we are secure, we are on the shore. And so we should constantly ask him to come into our, our lives and to direct us so that we are always safe on the shore. But for the moment, the crowd, they are looking for Jesus, but they're not looking for him for the right reasons. And so they avoid questions that would lead to personal commitment we could put it another way. Do we want God for his own sake or for what he can do for us? In this midst of the pandemic, many people who have not been close to God are growing close to God, thank God. But for us who have tried to serve him faithfully, all we can, we, all what we must do is to get even closer to him and what's more important, to bring others as well. So, Rabbi, when did you come here? And the Lord ignores the question and says, puts it bluntly. I tell you solemnly, you're not looking for me because you have seen the signs. If they had understood the signs, they would have wanted to be with Christ. They would have wanted him and not what he could do for them. You're not looking for me for that reason. But because you had all the bread you had to eat, you're only looking for me because of what you can get from me. And sadly, that is perhaps um, the condition of so many, uh, so many people today. And so we ought to pray that it may never be our condition, that we look for him for his own sake. And so he continues, you look for me because you had the bread to eat. Don't work, don't labor, don't struggle for food that cannot last, but work for the food that endures to eternal life. So he's telling us there are two kinds of food. There's that of the flesh and there's that of the spirit. That of the body and that of the soul. There's that of this world and there's a food for eternity. The food for this world cannot last. We eat today and we, in fact, as it says in the book of Job, man's work is for his belly. This is all that we do. We eat 
so that we could feed ourselves. And we will always be doing that. But the Lord says there is an even better food. Work for the food that endures to eternal life. And what is this food? Well, our Lord had, would, had said to the woman at the well, she came to collect water. And when he asked her for a drink, he enters this conversation. And, he, and he, um, the Lord said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. The water I'm giving you will well up into springs of eternal life. Lord, give me this water so I don't have to come back here. And so he changed it from the, the water in the well, Jacob's well, to the water that is of the Spirit. This would well up to eternal life. So it's within us and to sustain us. But even before that, long before that, when it was a question of what kind of food sustains us, the great temptation, the first temptation that he faced in the desert, in, in the wilderness, was from Satan himself, change these stones into bread. And his response, man does not live on bread alone. Bread is necessary for this world. And even so, not absolutely necessary. But the word of God sustains us. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what is the word that comes out from the, that comes from the mouth of God? But Christ himself. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So this is the word that, this is the food, this is the nourishment that we must seek so as to have this eternal life. The kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him, the Father, God himself has set his seal. God has set his seal on him. And so our Lord is subtly referring to his human nature. Because what is a seal? A seal, we have a stamp, and you ink and you stamp, you make a seal. The seal is confirmation, just like our signature. But more, more, more um, to the point is that the seal is of a different nature from the stamp. The stamp makes its mark on something that is of a different nature. Just as you have the, the iron seal and it's pressed on wax. So also the divine nature is stamped on the human nature of Christ. And this is what our Lord is referring to. And in some sense, all of us have also been sealed because we have been confirmed and therefore the seal of God, which is the Holy Spirit, has been impressed on us. And this is the water that wells up to eternal life. So they said to him, what must we do? We're getting out of the point. What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? What must we do to please God? And our Lord's response is simple. This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. It's absolute, unconditional. You must believe in the one that he has sent. And this, in fact, is why we need to have this relationship with Christ, so that we want to be with him. Just as Peter wanted to be with him. Lord, if it is you, let me come to you. He believed in the one whom God has sent. True, Peter denied him, but that also was, according to providence, unnecessary, because we still remain frail creatures subject to temptation. But even though Peter failed and denied him, 
didn't Peter repent and shed, and shed bitter tears? And was the, one, the, the first to whom our Lord appeared after his resurrection, the first of the apostles. Yes, it is true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. So we, in some sense, we should also have a devotion to St. Peter that we might inherit from him that special love for the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today.